Radio Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for top class sport. Right, a very good evening. You're very welcome to Sunday Evening Talk Sport, where the fog took over from the sport. Watching the match on the telly, but I didn't see much of it. Anyway, the Kilkenny game against Carlo in the Walsh Cup, that was uh, cancelled due to the fog. And uh, they just... Uh, the vision wasn't able to see the ball, wasn't able to see uh, from end to end in uh, that particular uh, GA grounds on uh, Dr. Cullen Park. Nicky Brennan, you were there. Was it that bad? Ah, uh, yeah. I arrived at about half twelve and I uh, was out on the field talking to the referee, obviously talking to the Carlo officials and it looked very dodgy. Now, they had the lights turned on and it did appear for a short while as if it was uh, going to lift. But then it just uh, kind of came back down again and um, I went over towards the stand end. There was probably about five or 600 there as well. So they had obviously taken, well, I don't know, was it cash or, t- or hot tickets or online? I don't know about that one now. But they had to, um, obviously, it became fairly clear, as I said, the referee said, it look, it was off till two o'clock. But clearly, as around 20 to two, to a quarter to three, a quarter to two, and that the Kilkenny mentor started to move off the field with the gear, and the team went out into the O'Hanlon's GA grounds to do, I'll call it a training session, whatever that meant today. So uh, there was no way it could be played, really. It was difficult to see the fog. It probably wasn't any worse than what was in uh, Newry. <coughs> But obviously with the small ball, it probably would be that little bit more difficult. So it's it's often to choose the night in um, Carlo IT. Right. And uh, I suppose if you have tickets for today, you can go to that. Or what will they do? Will they charge? Yeah, they gave they were The reason there was a bit of a delay at the end, actually officially, officially announcing it, they were actually trying to get tickets to the turnstiles or the gate, the exits, so that they could give something to the people who were going out to, to allow them to get in free to the game on uh, Tuesday night. Now, the only issue is, is that the SCTU grounds in Carlow, which has a small stand, you know, that would be stretched at five or six hundred would be a huge crowd there. So uh, whether people would feel up to bother going to it or not, I don't know. So, uh, but the game goes ahead at eight o'clock on Tuesday night because they need to play it because the Kenny are at home next Sunday. Actually, and I can't remember who they're playing at home now. I, I actually had the list earlier and... Uh, uh, but they're, they're playing at home next Sunday so th- there isn't really any time so look they were probably going to have a training session anyway Pat so it didn't really didn't make it didn't really make much difference now as it happens actually uh, Kilkenny next next Sunday is what it's this 14th so they play, uh, uh, they play the winners Wexford. of Kilkenny and Carlo will play Wexford yeah. and we don't have a venue for that yet so um, um, so that's just oh no sorry the, the loser of Kilkenny and Carroll play Wexford so they might not have a game next weekend but the game needs to be played in order to uh, to, to have um, a, a fixture for next Sunday so look it's a bit of a nuisance in January you, you know January weather and all that especially for Hurling it's always a risk and uh, in this case uh, it, obviously they weren't able to go ahead and uh, just people had to just stream out the ground and go home and put the feet up and whatever they had to do after that get the dinner yeah and I suppose disappointing for the you know a lot of the, the players that were picked it was uh, uh, they were going to be the first time playing for Kilkenny and all that kind of thing and there was a you know the, yeah, there'd be a bit of excitement a bit of a build up to that wouldn't there oh big time absolutely yeah the team was actually had one change uh, Parik Milan of the Borough was due to start instead of Tommy Walsh at Tullerone but other than that there was a lot of um, well, they're fairly familiar names that have played a little bit with Kilkenny over the years, but these are always the games where if you get the opportunity to show up, you can start making an impression. I mean, clearly uh, Derek is uh, 
given a few lads who played under 21 with him a few years ago there's a, there's a chunk of that team in there now and uh, you know he's going to play uh, put a fair bit of faith in those and I'm sure they'd love to have got going today I mean once you get start the pitch was grand part of fog and uh, once you get stuck into this uh, time of the year you, you just get on with it because there's a chunk of these lads probably playing Fitzgibbon anyway or playing a bit of, bit of hurling with, with some college or other so they're, they're and obviously in Dunmore with the lights they're able to play down there so you know they, they'd be they'd be reasonably well in tune with what's going on Right, uh, so Tuesday night then, what is it, 8 o'clock? Tuesday night at 8 o'clock in the Carlo, uh, the SETU Carlo grounds. It's behind the, the main college there. They have a floodlit field there. Uh, there's a small stand in it, so I'm not sure how many they'll be able to uh, be able to take there. But obviously, my understanding is that there's some work commencing on the pitch in Nesrock Cullen Park uh, tomorrow, and that's why they had to start. And there is a, a, a Sigerson Cup game scheduled for SCTU grounds in Carlow on Wednesday night. So that's why they had to play it on Tuesday night. Okay. All right, Nicky, let you off. Thanks for that. All right, Pat. Take okay. care. Good that's bye, that's bye. Nicky Brennan there. And uh, he was up in Carlow today to witness the fog. Right, and uh, there were games played uh, to, uh, across, um, I suppose, the country in the club championship games. And... Uh, Kilmacud Croaks and uh, well the Glen of Derry and the Glen of Derry winning that one 2-10 uh, to or sorry 114 to 210 and uh, that was uh, a game that uh, the Glen dominated and they led what was it 12, 12 points to 4 and uh, but uh, Kilmacud came back and they levelled it up and uh, then the Glen got a goal and seemed to go 4 points up but Dublin uh, the Dublin champions Kilmacud came back and got a goal and then there was just a point in it deep into injuries time but uh, the Glen held out St Bridges of Ross Common uh, got the better of Castlehaven of Cork 111 uh, to 10 points and Castlehaven coming back strong in the second half St Bridges uh, 4 points up at half time 176 points but um, the uh, Cork champions coming back and uh, levelling it up there but uh, St Bridges kicked on again and uh, got a goal in the last minute just to uh, clinch it uh, so to uh, see off the Cork champion so it's a Bridges Ross Common against the Glen of Derry in the All-Ireland Senior Football Club final now a couple of other club games uh, this intermediate and it was Kilnamarta of Cork 2-10 and St. Kevin's Castle Ray of Roscommon 15 points so that's a one point win there for Kilnamarta and uh, who will they play in the final they'll play Alan no they'll play Cullihanna of Armagh Cullihanna of Armagh won that uh, game one eleven to 11 points against Alan Wood of Kildare the junior football final will see uh, Listo Emmets uh, in the final and they beat uh, La Hardane McHales of Mayo 111 to 3 points while Arva of Cavan had a big win over the Downs of uh, um, their Westmeath aren't they uh, that was 216 to 17 so Arva of Cavan playing Listo Emmets in the junior All-Ireland club final and a few results then in uh, the uh, McGrath Cup, uh, Waterford and Clare, Clare winning that 3.18 to 1.7 and Dr McKenna Cup, uh, 15 points to 1.10 win for Donegal over Tyrone while uh, it was for Manna getting the better of our answer by a point, 1.10 to 1.9 and Monster Hurling 
League Wasford 122 Tipperary 120 that was in uh, down in Dungarvan so there are some of the score lines from GA matches that did go ahead today there were soccer matches locally in uh, the Kilkenny and District League Boy Industrial Estate sponsors Kilkenny Junior Soccer on Community Radio Kilkenny City Okay, and uh, Kilkenny and District League Premier Division Thomastown 3, Dean Celtic 0 Bridge United 1, Freebooters 4, while in Division 1 River Rangers 3, Castle, Castle Warren 3 and Ormond Villa 1 Freshford Town 0. While in Division 2, Lions B 0 Highview Athletic B 3 East End United 5 River Rangers 0, New Park 3 Castle Warren B1, Spy United 6, Thomastown B1, and Evergreen 46 1, Stoneford United 5. While in the Women's St. Canis's League, it was Lions 3, Clover United 0, Vale Wanderers 1, East End 0, Mill Celtic 3, New Park 1, and Evergreen 0, Thomastown 0. BTW.ie sponsors coverage of the Kilkenny and District League on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Okay, we've plenty to look forward to in uh, colleges hurling and uh, even colleges camogie coming up. And I spoke to Jerry Drennan about that uh, yesterday. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Well, sure, uh, colleges hurling, I suppose, the big match this week um, in the senior uh, A quarterfinal would be Colossal to Wirra Johnstown against Kilkenny CBS. That's taking place on Wednesday at 1pm in Johnstown. I think it's going to be uh, available on Clubber. Um, big game, big, big game. Colossal to Wirra had two games in their group against Kilcormac, which they won handy, and then against Colossal to Owen from Salorgan in Dublin, and they led at halftime after playing with the win and did well in the second half. So that qualified them. For the final, uh, for the quarter final, Kilkenny CBS hadn't uh, such uh, the same look. They lost their two group games. Now they only lost to St. Kieran's by one point, which was a good performance for them. But they came out a week later and they put in a, a fairly average performance against Gloucester Breed and Escorty. They came through, albeit uh, ten points in the end, but it was a patchy performance. So they'll be looking to improve on that. Um, home venue will mean an awful lot to Gloucester. We're at Johnstown. They have some very good players. A few lads who won the uh, Ryan D under 21 which uh, Fenians there lately in Jerry Henderson Regan Downey and Rory Garrett um, they have former Tipperary County Minor uh, All-Ireland winner Damien Corbett in the forwards and a very good little corner forward from Cullahill there with the Harps Owen Delaney so they they have a, a good uh, plus Callum Lawler there from the Emeralds is on goal he's normally a forward under 16 there last year for the Emeralds so he's playing on goal and he's very very handy they have a good um, a good middle down of their team CBS would be probably favourites going into the game and they'll be looking to Rory Galway in defence Anthony Clifford at midfield Mikey Steins I suppose and um, Bobby Brennan is another good one along with Ryan Corcoran they're all and, and uh, Greg Kelly the county minor from last year so it's um it's a great one to look forward to. I know both teams have trained very hard over the Christmas holidays and have played games and have done a lot of training. So that should be a real, real cracker on Wednesday. The other quarterfinal sees Offaly Schools travel down to play St. Peter's Wexford. And then the two winners will go into a draw to play Good Council or St. Cairns in the semi-finals. So that's your senior A um, hurling uh, for, the, for the minute. Are Peter's gone then if uh, Offaly combined team beat them? 
They would be, yes. The only way that they, if off, that they would stay in it would be if they were in the final and they'd go forward if Offaly were to beat them in that. But no, and, and Offaly, curious enough, as far as I can remember, Offaly knocked them out last year and um, Offaly are not too bad this year either. I saw them play my own school during the week there in a challenge match and uh, they're, they're not too bad. They'll, they'll take a bit of beating. So Peters will have to work it out to beat them. Right. Um, Camogie then, uh, what should we be looking at? Yeah, well, uh, Camogie uh, is a little bit earlier this year, so the senior finals, the Leinster school, secondary school finals are all taking place this day week, Saturday the 13th. Now, the A final is between Loretto Kilkenny and... Clóshta Awan Ree Callan they will be uh, up from having one senior C last year they're up in the A final this year and uh, I suppose they're a little bit of a surprise packet but they beat Gorey away in the semi-final which is a big big achievement for, for them so they really I suppose have to work it out to beat Loretto but that's on next Saturday um, time and venue to be decided the senior B final sees St. Mary's New Ross play either Banagher or Prez Wexford they're playing on Monday in a semi-final um, any interest in the other two finals the senior C final sees Colosh to wear a Johnstown again take on St. Joseph's Rochester Bridge and that matches at 11am next Saturday morning in Haywood and following that Our Lady of Lourdes Ross Burkham they're just on the way into New Ross they will take on St. Joseph's Navin at 12.30 in Haywood so the C and D finals are in Haywood next weekend there'll be a few Kilkenny girls in both um, Colosh to wear a Johnstown are a strong team and I'd expect them to win the senior C and Ross Burkham have been going very well in the senior D I'd expect both to win that Lorraine will definitely be favourites against Colosh to Alan Ree Callan in the A final no real kick any interest in the B final and then the junior finals would take place the following Saturday Saturday the 20th and in the A final there we have Loretto Kilkenny taking on FCJ Bunclody the other finals have to be finalised as uh, at the moment but uh, that's the Kilkenny interest in those uh, Camogie finals it's all, it's all go at the moment and all those schools are putting in a big effort training wise for those finals Chadwick Kilkenny, supporting Community Radio Kilkenny City Sport on 88.7 FM. Okay, so that's colleges hurling and uh, camogie there. We're on to uh, athletics and uh, John May, anything happening in the fog? It, it, it's always happening in athletics. Um, past, this morning there was a, a couple of WhatsApps going around from first-time cross-country runners run, wondering would the event on today down in Kilmacow go ahead in, in these conditions and uh, I, I, I shook my head there in the kitchen as I saw it coming in because I know right well, unless it was, it would have to be a, a Force 10 fo- storm with uh, maybe 10 inches of snow before a cross-country event to be called off. So the, the 2023 Intermediate Cross-Country Championships were held today down in Kilmacow. And I suppose it's probably fair to say that the results from today wraps up the, the overall Senior Cross-Country County Shield for KCH. Great representation down there. Uh, 19 ran in total for KCH in the men's and women's race. Bit of disparity here now, Pat, and uh, it's an interesting topic we can come back around to, but the women's race was 3K and the men's race was 8K. And um, it's, uh, it's it's not a bad life being a, a female distance runner, I suppose, at times in County Kilkenny. And I know there's been a couple of moves before to try and lengthen the distance. And, and at national level now, there's, they're starting to bring the distances together and, and certainly at European level anyone who's watched the European cross-country this year would have seen that the distances are now equal 9k for the women 9k for the men but in County Kilkenny at intermediate level 3k for the women this morning and a lot of the women that we had that went down and represented the club so well I mean these are these are women who have run 
marathons. These are women who have run very, very fast marathons, um, sub 85 minute half marathon runners, like. 3K is hardly a warm-up for them, but sure, anyway. They went down anyway, and, and they did the business. Claire Dermody came home first with Grania Bean in second. Uh, it's been a great cross-country season for Grania Bean. I'm going to highlight her in particular because uh, she was second in the county novice as well, and now she was second in the in- intermediate. And the two of them combined with Lisa Collins and uh, Greta Beckett to win the team prize. A superb running out of them down there. Uh, Casey H had a second team that finished just outside the medals as well and really really good running from the the women and the women then managed to go and get a good long warm down so they still got in a bit of distance for the day while the men ran 8k down there in the fog and kill Macau and despite the fact that we had no individual on the podium we did have first and second team and the first team was Graham Bourne Andrew Smith Shea Roddy Paddy Bulger they were the or Paul Bulger they were the first four home for Casey H all four inside the top ten and I just saw a, a noticeable comment or, or a noticeable trend was that the KCH athletes were seemed to be passing bodies in the second half of the race. So uh, certainly all that good work that goes on up on the track on a Tuesday night. And if anybody is doing a bit of running out there and is interested in joining a really, really crack setup at the moment, Tuesday nights in, in KCH, there's uh, somewhere between 40 and 50 men and women lining out on the track at half past eight. It's a fully coached session. There's a program for the week. There's a great community build out of it as well. And they have really, really done a great job in 2023 and now into the first week of 2024 at getting out in the local and the provincial races and the national races and claiming medals for the club and claiming trophies for the club. So it's been a super year across country for KCH and uh, capped off today with some great running down there in the intermediate. Uh, What's your own thoughts on the distance for the men and the women? Well, look, I, again, if you if you were standing on the fence on a Tuesday night, uh, the, the 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 session starts at half eight, and it becomes very clear that there's no like there's no there's no gender bias there. There's plenty of women mixing it with plenty of the guys, and so on and so forth. And um, look, I, I I think it's like as I said, like Claire Dermody has a couple of Claire Dermody has a couple of really l- low trees. I'm not sure has she broken three hours for the marathon, but like she is a really really high quality distance runner. And uh, to go all the way down to Kilmacow, like I mean, she probably she probably had to drive for fifty minutes to get down to Kilmacow to run three k. Like she's uh, she's worth more than that, you know. And I think some of this is maybe it goes back to that old notion where once upon a time, I suppose women they weren't allowed to run further than eight hundred meters in the in the Olympic Games. But like now we can see that you know that's not the way anymore up at international level and, and maybe at county level we need a little review on the kind of distances that we're asking we're asking our female distance runners to run because they train for much longer distances nowadays they're capable of running much longer distances and in some cases uh, in KCH we have found it difficult sometimes to get people out for races because they're kind of going what 4k? nah you're grand like I'm not going anywhere to race 4k race but uh, yeah nice. so that, that's my own thoughts on it Pat but yeah it's, it's okay. Probably about time that we 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 equalised up a little bit. I mean, eight eight k and three k at intermediate level. Like it's, I suppose if we were to put it, we we can always go back to a hurling context here in, in Kilkenny. Like a, a a senior men's club hurling match is sixty minutes. Am I right? Yeah. Right. What's a senior women's camogie match? Sixty minutes. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, and uh, I I grew up in Mice and I remember back in the day when uh, adult camogie was was a 13 aside and 12, you played into yeah, what we call the under 12 yeah, goals yeah. or 12 aside yeah. we played the under 12 goals and so that must be back in the early 90s and, and that's long gone yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. you know what I mean Pat uh, so so that's kind of that's where I would 
that's, that's that to be my little take on it. Uh, we might be a little bit. Usually, we we like to congratulate ourselves in athletics that we're a bit ahead of the curve in many ways. But I think in this in this department now, we might need to have a good look at ourselves and go, oh, maybe we maybe it's time we had another think about it because if it's good enough for uh, the women of Dixborough to be playing camogie for sixty minutes in, in Croke Park, surely for the women of KCH, it's good enough to be running for longer than eleven or twelve minutes down in Kilmacow on a, a foggy January day, like. Uh, fabulous facilities in Kilmacow. Ah, fabulous facilities, and and look, they have a great cross country course down there. And even uh, I was I was I was teasing about the the questions in in the WhatsApp group, wondering would the event go ahead today. But I mean, especially because it was in Kilmacow, I suppose I also knew that the underfoot conditions would be relatively good down there. And um, they've super super set up, great car park. There's a I always like there's a playground. I just I know there's often a dude. There's two great open events down there. Well, there's an open track and field event and an open cross country event, and there's always kids. Once they finish their race, they're down into the playground. There's the dressing rooms. There's toilets. There's there's lovely facilities for running. There's great facilities for hurling, soccer, the whole lot. I could say it's a real, it's it's a real example of how uh, a community can organise itself around the concept of sport for the benefit of all the clubs yeah. and, and all the all the people living down there. So no, it's it's, it's a model. And uh, no, they do a great job down there. They do a great job, and they have a great athletics club down there. To be fair to them, they're uh, they've always they had two very good teams in in in, in both races today. And uh, I think they, they they yesterday they had a they had they had a medalist in the men's as well. Like so, no good club. And and Kilmacow, a great example of what you can do with your facilities for the benefit of the whole village or the whole parish or the whole area. Right, uh, John. Uh, have you anything coming up next week in athletics? Uh, no, there's a, there's a couple of indoor events. Uh, they're starting to pop their heads up now. Uh, I know, I suppose one thing I'd like to flag, and there's indoor events and there's cross-country relays and a few bits and bobs coming in the next month, all right, Pat? But uh, the big one that I'd like to flag is, I suppose we're now in KCH, we're getting ready to send two teams out to the European club cross-country. And because we, our junior women and our senior men both won the national championships, they now represent Ireland at what's called the European Club Champions cross-country event out in Albufera in Portugal at the end of February. So obviously it's it's a costly departure. We're I mean we're delighted to have to spend money on the likes of it. But by the time you do flights, hotels, gear, um, maybe a few physio costs, some of that kind of stuff coming into it, um, the club would be would be interested in, in talking to anybody that would be interested in becoming a sponsor for that particular for those particular teams. We're sending seven men, four women, and uh, two team managers. So that's uh, that's thirteen people in total. So. If anyone's interested in getting involved, I mean, there's there's one very interesting stipulation for the European Club Champions Cross Country is that your singlet or your gear can have a sponsor's name on it and that sort of stuff. So we'd be more than happy to talk to anybody in the uh, the corporate or the business sector in Kilkenny and the wider community if they were interested in uh, in giving us a hand with it. And they can contact myself on John P May M A Y E at gmail dot com. You can send me an email direct there, or if you go to the website kch dot ie, you'll be able to find a contact us button there, and you can get in touch there either. Um, yep, it's a, I mean it's a huge representation. It's 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 a wonderful achievement for the for the two teams, and it's a great chance for us to show off the Kenny City Harriers at a European level. So um, hopefully the the local business community agrees and they row in behind us as well and give us a hand. Okay, thanks, John. Thanks, Pat. We'll talk to you soon. That's uh, John May with uh, all the athletic news and uh, cross country running down there in Kilmacow. Michael Ling Motors for Ford and Hyundai. 
sponsoring City Sport on 88.7 FM. OK, we're swinging back to soccer and the Kilkenny District League. Actually, the McAlmont Cup, the draw was made there over the weekend and it has pitted Evergreen 46 against Highview Athletic B. Bridge United will play River Rangers B. Thomastown B will take on Dean Celtic A. Evergreen C will play St. John's and River Rangers A. They're at home to Callan United. Lions A travel, make the long journey down to Greg Manor, take on Highview Athletic A, while uh, Clover United welcome Ormond Villa. Fresh for town, they're at home to Castle Warren A, and uh, Castle Warren Celtic B are at home to Dean Celtic B. Evergreen B welcome East End, while uh, Tullerone have the unenviable task of travelling to Evergreen A. New Park, they're at home to Thomastown A and Spa United will play Freebooters A. So that's uh, the draw for uh, the McCalmont Cup. BTW Lockboy Industrial Estate sponsors Kilkenny Junior Soccer on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Okay, diverting a bit. Uh, well, uh, there was a great night up in James Stevens before Christmas. They were celebrating uh, well their uh, exploits in football, and Jim Mulvin was a man that was very much involved in the football in uh, James Stevens. And uh, Sean Bylan, the uh, former Meath manager, he was there as well. And uh, Nicky Brennan was uh, interviewing both of them. So. Here's the story of Jim Mulvin and uh, how he got involved with uh, James Stevens and uh, how it developed from and Sean Boylan then after that. 91, they uh, appointed me as manager. And I always remember that when I went, the selectors the first year was Jimmy O'Brien and Mick Nari. And I used to always remember people straggling up here to the club once to play half-heartedly because they'd turn around and say, oh, I just was here and there was no transport. So I used to kind of say, well, look, I'll be the last one that'll leave the club. I always reckon it could be the last one. Someone might strangle it up and there's no excuse. So anyhow, I, uh, the man that arrived up, would you believe, out of the blue, was my great old friend, Christy Lahey. Christy came up and said, oh, Jimmy, go out to the match. And I had my son Barry with me. And we went on our way to Thomastown. So anyhow, I was late going out. Jimmy and Mick were outside waiting for me. And next, um, I put the boot down. And it was going, and next, Christy says, well, look, if you're going to drive like that, stop the car and get out. <laughs> like, unbelievable for, like, Christy was a man that, would jump up on a bicycle and ride it down to Tremor, turn around and come back at about 80 miles an hour. So a car, he got the stick. But anyhow, I had, to slow, I, had to, I had to slow it down a few times going out, and here I was, dog late. Anyhow, I arrived, Jimmy and Mick are standing around the bonnet of a car, and no team picked, nothing at all. And next, uh, we had a look at this, and I said... Um, this is my first game now in 91 first game and I said now lads what I hope to do is I'll put Liam O'Connor down at number 6 and we'll build the team around that <laughs> and Mick says now Mick is a great football man and he knew his stuff and Mick says who's Liam O'Connor <laughs> and I said I'll tell you, Mick, he joined the club a couple of months ago and he's 
He's a Washford hurler, Washford footballer. He won a Railway Cup medal with Munster. He's a very good footballer, from what I can hear. I didn't see him playing either, but I'm going with that. <laughs> well, well, says Mick, I'll tell you one thing, he says. I'm not picking anyone that I never saw playing. <laughs> so, Chuck was given the number 17 shirt. We went out and we played um, Glenmore in Thomastown and we got beat. We were beaten anyhow. But anyhow, to make a long story short, we lost a few matches, but we began to gain momentum. And this was it. And the one thing I could find from players, I never minded we'd win, lose or draw, when you put out 20 lads there to play a match, five subs, if they give you everything, that'll drive you back again. And we drove it on and we got to the final. Played rail yard in the first year and we won. Won one nine to one seven. And the lad that was a sub the first day scored one six out of one nine. And, and Mick, Mick Nary Fairchuse told me, come out in the middle of the field and he shook Liam's hand and he says, you know what, you were certainly man of the match there today. <laughs> but uh, we went on along with that. There was a, a photograph there. The lads showed me a photograph there with myself with two footballs. Now, we were never that flahulak at this club with footballs. <laughs> but we always had at least two. Coming home. Uh, at least coming home, if not three coming home at times. <laughs> If the boys had their way, but anyhow, or four if I had my way. But, um, but uh, so we had played. But anyhow, this day we were uh, going off to play. Uh, we're after winning the championship. Our playing Carnew, a good team from Wicklow, they'd won the Wicklow championship. So we're we're uh, picked. Oh yeah, Sean Dyer's team from there. Yeah. <laughs> This is, not, this is not a cut of Jewish Sean. But anyhow, we went down anyhow, and we're supposed to be going to Ockram. But of course, at that time of the year, we got this phone call. Oh, it's not in Ockram. You'll have to go to Arklow. So off we travelled, got to Arklow eventually, Sunday, e a Sunday evening. And we uh, going in the gate, and there was three Arklow guys standing at the gate letting us in. And we marched in just with bags in the back, and the boys said... Oh, James, do you want a couple of footballs, lads? Because I know you don't have any up there in Kilkenny. And we said, and you know what? That was the worst thing they ever said to us that day. We used that in the dressing room. They had a sneer at us. They said, we'd no footballs. We'll go out and show it. And you know what? The village that put on a display that day. I won't mention names. We won it. We beat Carnew. So anyhow, we're coming out the gate. And the three boys were still standing there waiting for the Arklow ground to be emptied. And they were standing there. And one of the lads said to him, oh, I'd never know what would have happened if we did have a football. <laughs> Jim, I'll give you a chance to catch your breath there. Because you, were in, you were in full flow. Well, our...
Sean Bylan is a man I've known. Uh, we've been very close over the years. But Sean, your introduction to the inter-county scene, you really were a, a hurling man at heart, weren't you? I am, Nicky. Yeah, I always was. Uh, so tell us how it came about that you got on to, the, uh, to take on this meat football job. I, uh, I played hurling from 1961 until... Um, oh, I was 30. I was 17 at the time, and I played until I was 38. And uh, I always said, I wonder what I'll do when this is over. So my last year, I was player manager of the Hurlers, and um, we did well. Um, then the county secretary rang me to know what... Liam Craven. Liam Craven, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I thought he was talking about the hurling team. He said, the football team. I said, oh, hang on, Liam, now. He said, John, well, are you going to take it? I said, Liam, give me a while. So I spoke to another friend of yours, Brian Smith, and he always said, I'll take it for a few months until you get somebody, and that was the way it was. And the rest is history. Tell us about the days out in Dalgan Park when you had all the training. And how did you build up that? Because you had big, strong, hardy books of men on that team who wouldn't stand back from anybody. I think Brendan Lee injected them or something, you know what I mean? Some of the lads. <laughs> yeah, Brendan Lee, we think, had a part to play here. Tell us a bit about that. Oh, jeez, uh, Jerry McIntyre and Kieran O'Rourke, Colin's brother, sure. What, how, what, you wouldn't expect it to be any other way after getting a, a shot there from Brendan, you know what I mean? And, like, Mac, Mac always needed something to keep him going, you know what I mean? No, listen, lads. Um, what did you get up to in those training sessions out in Dalgan Park? Because it was, uh, they, they, they were notorious. I suppose the thing we realised more than anything else was that uh, you could go around with self-pity all your life or as you can take on the mantle, you can have a goal, have a cut at it and uh, you had a crowd of lads with you that they were incredibly strong physically and uh, naturally uh, with regard to agility and things like that we had to do an awful lot of work with regard to all of that but there was a bond from day one and um, it changed everything for me was we, get, we got beaten by Leash in a Leinster semi-final 1985 we beaten 10 points and uh, suddenly the lads who had won the Centenary Cup the previous year are the only crowd of old women not able to play football and so on and so what do you expect she amounted to her and worse still he probably gave him some of the bottles that he has at home so everything was getting fairly good and personal and that's the way you wanted it right so make a long story short I just Thought about it a lot. Went in home one evening. I always lived at home with my mother and father. Got me good with them. And uh, my mother was still alive. And in the sitting room was Jerry McIntyre. In the kitchen, I should say, Joe Cassis, Colm O'Rourke, Liam Hayes, um, Paul Glines and Mick Lines. And the lads were drinking tea and eating brown bread and jam. And you wouldn't see them with my mother smoking. And <laughs> after a few minutes, Mammy said, and she knew no, she never had a match in her life. She never was at a training session in her life. And she said, up the house now, you crowd, and sort it out. And we went up and we talked about where we come from and I wasn't sure whether I could go any further with them or was any good to go any further. And um, <clears throat> Pargline said, will you put your shyness in your arse pocket? I said, Pargline, are you serious? She said, I am. And uh, from then on, the chairs went round the circle. Anything we had to say, we said it there. Nearly every time we went out, the windscreen was clear. You never heard that back from, the, from what went on because everybody had an opportunity to say what they needed to say. We had good days and we had bad days, but one thing we were certain, we weren't going to stop without bringing back a Leinster and we weren't going to stop without bringing back an All-Ireland and that's the way it started and it just went off from there. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. There you have it. Uh, that was uh, Jim Mulvin and, uh, of course, uh, the great Sean Bylan and a uh, night up there in uh, James Stevens. Sounded like a great night. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. 
OK, on to soccer results now in the FA Cup across the water. Luton Town nil, Bolton Wanderers nil, Manchester City 5, Huddersfield Town nil, Nottingham Forest 2, Blackpool 2, Peterborough United nil, Leeds United 3, Shrewsbury Town nil, Wrexham 1. And Thomas O'Connor, he of Tulliher Ross Birkin fame, scored the goal. Uh, the winning goal there for Wrexham in the FA Cup game against Shrewsbury and of course uh, his uh, brother will be playing for Tulliher Ross Birkin next Saturday evening in Croke Park against St. Catherine's from Cork in the All-Ireland Junior Club final so there's a nice little bit of a uh, circle and uh, so Wrexham through to the next round West Bromwich Albion uh, they were 4-1 winners over Aldershot Town while West Ham United and Bristol City played out a one-all draw Arsenal were beaten 2-0 at home by Liverpool so those are your FA Cup games there's another one tomorrow night isn't there I think uh, Manchester United have to play uh, tomorrow night OK um, we're on to uh, well we spoke to Anne Downey about Camogie yesterday Jadrick Kilkenny, supporting Community Radio Kilkenny City Sport on 88.7 FM. Thanks, Pat, and Happy New Year to you and all the listeners. And to you. And Anne, uh, great sadness uh, up in Ballyragget at the moment. Oh, yeah, Pat, we're just all devastated, to be quite honest, with the news that came from Australia. You know, um, Angela and myself were at a match with John probably in July and we were chatting after the game for about an hour just stood at the end of Butler's Wall and he was telling us that um, you know I'm going to Australia for Christmas and Angela said funny enough John so am I and where are you going to I'm going to Melbourne well she says I'm going to Sydney might be on the same flight or whatever you know and sure look sure you know he had missed Marie so much she was such a lady uh, you know he started to go back to the matches I suppose just to try and fill his day um, he was just a lost soul really without her you know because they were just teasing the pod the two of them you know with their cycling and going on the holidays and every time you'd meet um, John at the graveyard or wherever you know he just always had a tear in his eye and you know to think that you know that he went to Australia looking forward to the, to the holiday and and you know not to come home and um and on top of that, we have, you know, Anthony Dowland that died um, yesterday, you know, a very young man as well, a great interest in Camogie, as was Michael Foley, who also passed away. So, you know, with the three men that have passed in the village, you know, it's, it's just going to be such a, a hard time for, for Bella Ragged for the next few months. Yeah, John Hollandy. He was a he was a classy hurler. I remember him playing minor and and that. And uh, he 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 had a great love for the GA and the Camogie, and a great supporter of the Camogie as well. Ah, uh, yeah, and sure, Kate had hurled, you know, for obviously with Loretto and with Liz Downey, and then with with Ballaragas, you know, and and John. When I was involved with the minors in Ballaragas, John was on the panel, and you know, um, he wouldn't have been as stylish as, as his father was, but you know, he did a job at centre forward for us, and um, you know, Marie always supported Camogie and you never had to and she supported everything in, in the village you know and, and John did you never had to ask for anything you know I remember in 2016 when we won the All-Ireland and we were looking for funding for um, to go on the holiday you know I think it was the first check that was put in my my letterbox from John and Marie at the time you know and I, we didn't even ask 
you know, I they just knew it was happening and, and that was the Hollands, you know, I mean, it's just going to leave such a void in the village and all we can do is rally around Emma and, and Kate and John at this stage, you know, and just try and help them through this absolutely awful, tragic um, times for them. And a great business family. Oh, brilliant business family, you know, for for years. I remember Mrs. Tracy, you know, working in the office and you see her going in at 10 o'clock because nearly set your watch, watch by her, you know, and, and then, of course, you know, when Marie married into the Hollands, you know, she took over running the office as well and uh, always a busy place, you know, and... You know, even the tractor run was taking place, I suppose, on uh, when when John was, you know, at his final hours, you know, and that, again, giving up the, the yard for all the tractors and uh, to congregate and do the tractor run for for Kushnoor or the cancer or whatever organisation that they would be running for it. But again, as I said, you know, their generosity knew no bounds, you know, if you ask and, and I'm sure there's plenty of, of people that were helped out by Maria and John that we don't know about but that was their nature, you know um, just kind, you know really supportive people and, you know, I mean, Marie is so really missed in Ballaragas as John will be now, you know it's, it's, it's hard to talk about it, to be quite honest and just hard to get our head around, you know that we're not going to be seeing him, he, he would be in front of me at Mass every Sunday morning and, you know, he's give a nod of the head when he's be coming out the door quite by nature to be quite honest you know sometimes it's very seldom get a word out of him but then when you have the chat you know you could be there for an hour you know just talking about everything and talking about their holidays and he just loved talking about Marie you know and uh, as I said I, I just don't know how everyone is going to cope with it because um you know, within the 18 months, it's just such a tragedy for, for the family, yeah, and all his relations, you know, the the Welches as well in Ballarat, um, first cousins of them, and other great business um, people, you know, but um, but all the, the three men, as I said, you know, that have passed in the last few days, all great hurling men and all great followers of, of um, St. Patrick's Ballarat. That's all we can say. That's all they can say, yeah, yeah. And uh, you're still involved with the Camogie at third level and that, but just before I get into that, you, you were, just before Christmas I was talking to you and you were you were talking about, uh, you know, the Fitzgibbon Cup and uh, the impact, uh, the way the new season now is after, um, I suppose, is impacting on the Fitzgibbon Cup and the draw on third level players that are involved with the county and all that, that is nearly becoming intolerable the way the whole thing is developing. Yeah, it is past. You know, I just happened to meet Mick Dempsey one night in Carlow when he was coming out from training and I was going in and Mick is now, he's looking after the football team this year. He's not doing the Fitzgibbon, but he's given his hand, his time to the football. And I just said, have you many, had your many training? You know, and he just threw his eyes up to heaven. He said, no. He said, maybe. He said, we had 10 tonight. And I said, what's the problem? And he said, they're all in pre-season for um, the counties they're in the gym or you know they, they would be hoping just to get the team together for the night of the match so to me it looks like it's competition and that's the same I think with with all the, the colleges you know you could say maybe that uh, UCC are the only team that probably maybe don't have to train because I think most of their team is picked from the panel that are on the Cork, the Cork senior hurlers 
Um, you know, but when you have the likes of Carla that are, they're pulling from different counties, you know, you need everyone at training and the lads are now being torn between county or or your college. And sure, when you were in college, it was the it was the thing to, you know, win a Fitzgibbon or be involved in it, you know, but that opportunity seems to be, you know, it's gone from the guys at this stage because they're being asked to, to make a choice. No more than the Camogie, it's the same with the Camogie girls that I have. Two girls, you know, in fairness, came over for training from Clare on on Wednesday night, and um, they have a match Wednesday night, and they have a match on on Thursday night. They have a match at the weekend. Uh, we're back training Monday and Wednesday, and it's the same with the, the Kilkenny girls. You know, they're they're doing their their gym work at the moment, and you're just trying to get the best out of uh, out of the girls. You know, and at the same time, you just have to try and be sensible with them, and they have to try and be sensible. And you'd be hoping that. The county manager, you know, is going to give them the leeway to, you know, play the the personal cup as we're in or the Ashburn or whatever it is, you know, Fitzgibbon, uh, all these competitions that students, you know, like to play in, and it's part of their college life, you know. But um, certainly something has to be looked at because um, players are not going to be able to stay going the way they're going. To be quite honest, they're just going to be burnt out and falling out of love with Camogie or hurling or football. To be quite honest, that's that's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, there's all travelling involved, you see, and there's uh, study involved as well, and, you know. Yeah, well, there's exams, you know, they have to get their exams, it's as simple as that. I know when you're involved with any of the sports teams, regardless of what it is, you know, the college are always very good for backup, and if a person is struggling because they're giving their time to um, their sports, you know, the college is always there to help. But at the end of the day, you're there to get a degree, and you're there, you know, you're you're in college so that you can, you know, end up getting a good job, and... Um, but like sport is part of your college life as well you know and you should be able to mix the two without there being a burden on you um, you know to stay on your county team as well you're not looking over your shoulder and I suppose college mostly for Camogie anyway will finish the 14th of February and then they have all the time in the world you know to go to their to their their um, or county teams or our club teams, you know. But to look past it's the same, I suppose, even with underage camogie at the moment in Kilkenny. Um, you know, girls still playing under 22, you know, uh, Christmas week, you know. It's, uh, I just think it's crazy and competition's not I, finished, you know. I, I don't know where it's going to end, to be quite honest. I was wondering about under 22 for camogie. Is there any point in having that grade? Because, you know, they're, they're, they're playing adult camogie from the age of 16 or 17 anyway, you know. So it, it doesn't yeah. really serve a purpose, does it? It doesn't really, to be quite honest. You know, and over the Christmas, I know these Downey girls had two games that were cancelled because the opposition couldn't fulfil uh, the fixture on the night. So they're still trying to train, you know, and girls are really getting fed up of going to train and then they know that there's not a match at the end of the day. Now, we had a, a match with Liz Downey the other night and that was the first match for the girls in in a long time. And even at that, this time of year, there was a few of them with, that were sick and it's the same with the college, you know. It's just the time of the year and as you say, they have enough camogie. They're with their, their school, you know, they're they're on a, a team in, in Kilkenny where they're under 18, whether it's the intermediate or whether they're on the senior panel. You know, they nearly have enough camogie Camogie, to be quite honest, uh, but you know, to be playing New Year's Eve or the week of of Christmas week, you know, it's 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 crazy, to be honest, crazy. Looking across uh, the uh, Camogie horizon, uh, you know, you're looking at Cork, uh, Galway, and uh, I suppose 
uh, the likes of Tipperary and Waterford and those are up there and uh, Kilkenny will probably be in huge transition and they will yes uh, they'll be in transition for sure um, I suppose if they can get Grace is still on board which is great and if they can get Miriam back she'll be a real plus but um, again we played we had a game against um, the girls uh, Kenny up in Cara there just before Christmas and in fairness um, you know there's a great crop of guys that are gone in now with chap you know um, John O'Neill from from Callan that's had the pleasure of working with years ago um, you know they have young Murphy doing the, the physical or the strength and conditioning you know he has a good team behind him but um, it is you know it's a transition at this stage to be quite honest um, and you would be hoping you know that uh, looking at the intermediates that are from last year one or two of them will be able to make the step up um Cork, I suppose, you know, are the team to, to be beaten this year. They have a new manager in. They speak very highly of them. And I just read the other day that Fiona O'Driscoll has gone in with them herself, um, an All-Ireland medal winner. And um, she actually coached us when we were playing with Liz Downey, um, got to a club All-Ireland with her. You know, she's absolutely a brilliant coach. Um, her man of management, she would say, is very good as well. Um, so she's a real plus and a real bonus for... Um, for Cork um, probably Galway I don't know what will happen in Galway to be honest sometimes you know you stay too long and you over, overstay your welcome and I think that really Galway could do with a little bit of freshening up especially when they've had so such success with the minors you know there's plenty of girls there and they won the intermediate you know the year before last so there should be a great crop of players to pick from they will be losing I suppose some of their senior players all right um, Tipperary again we had a challenge game against Tipperary over in Carlo and they were motoring well as well um, so Kilkenny you know they'll have a lot of work to do but certainly um, with the borough you know winning the All-Ireland it's a great boost for Camogie and Kilkenny and I would hope that you know that most of them will put their shoulder to the wheel now for Kilkenny you know and help us get back up on to, to winning ways and um, and give chance you know the, the winning start that they need you know but it's not going to be easy for them but it's something that the, I know the lads will be looking forward to and certainly the girls are looking forward to going in under new management as well you know it's a, it's a new freshness and hopefully it will bring, bring great results for them I suppose realistically you need three or four from the borough to be uh, um, establishing themselves on the Kilkenny senior camogie team. Uh, you do, to be honest. You know, I'd like to see young O'Shea going in. I mean, she had been in a few times with us and then went out and then came back in, you know, but she's a great player, Eva O'Gorm, and, you know, young Clifford at fullback and Amy, Amy Clifford has the best pair of risk, you know, that you could see anyone within in, in Camogie or Hurling, uh, well able to take her scores. Of course, Jenny is already there and Aoife Pendergast, you know, she's absolutely had been brilliant and was brilliant in Croke Park when the pressure was on. She never missed a free and I can see Aoife taking over from Denise Gall and, you know, that's so important going back to even the year that we won in 2016, that All-Ireland semi-final in Thurless, you know, Gall took freeze that day that got us over the line and it's so important to have a great free taker and, you know, Aoife has worked so hard on her game, you know, lovely girl. Um, I was delighted for, you know, to see the, you know, get her over the line Um you know, to say that they have a club all Ireland, you know, they're not easy come by. Um, they've worked hard, and especially Aoife, you know, and, and as I said, 
to have a good free take or she's a real bonus but she's been there with him as has Jenny Clifford and um, the feelings of course and Neve had a brilliant game over in Carlo you know against St Vincent and her sister Neve you know so there's plenty there's plenty Katie Byrne was on the intermediate team uh, Young Cass was on the intermediate team they're all well able and well capable of making the step up yeah Jadros Kilkenny and Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport Well that's it for Sunday Evening Talk Sport and uh, coming up next well it's Tommy Dowd with Country and Irish thanks for listening we'll talk again tomorrow bye and God bless take care